can you boldly and confidently say that you are 100% financially prepared for the unexpected no matter what it is? Heck, if you said yes, good for you, because most of us, we are not. We are not as prepared as we should be. And that is why we do this podcast. We're going to help you out today. It is seven figures, all the information that you need to dominate your finances. I am Sandy Waters. Every week we tap into the expertise of financially successful people and give you the formula to achieve financial freedom. Weekly financial nuggets that you can put into action and hopefully will make you feel more confident and more at ease. Before we help you get prepared for the unexpected, we want to thank our friends at Family First Credit Union, great supporters of this podcast and financial education, local financial products and services designed with you in mind to help you and your family spend and save smarter. All right, let's cash in with our expert certified financial planner, vice president at Morgan Stanley and the creator of the Women, Wealth and Empowerment series, Erica Cummings. Thank you so much for joining the podcast again this week. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. All right. Preparing for the unexpected. This is part of the Women, Wealth, and Empowerment Program. Yes. Now, you've been in this industry for quite some time. Yep. 17 years. As of April 4th, actually. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and it's still, unfortunately, a male-dominated field. We that discussed that the last time you were here. Yes. But it's shifting there's more women that are taking interest in finances. Absolutely. And that's certainly part of our mission. A lot has to do with the last 30, 40 years, the transition of women into the workplace and hopefully as time goes on, taking more responsibility and having higher level positions, especially positions of leadership yeah. where they are accruing more resources and more wealth and they're making more decisions in the household if you think about what we buy on a regular basis, a lot of times it is the mothers or the wives that are making some of the purchasing decisions as well. So it is important that women become more involved. And our hope is that, is that we continue to see that momentum. And in light of what we have seen over the past year with the Me Too movement and yeah. a lot of the problems that have come to light have to do with the fact that women for a very long time did not put their finances in the forefront. They didn't plan. Uh, it was something that they weren't as excited about, or maybe they felt like they didn't deserve it or shouldn't be focused on earning more and asking for more. And unfortunately, it puts them in a position where freedom and independence and the ability to make a choice becomes less of an option. So they're stuck in relationships that are abusive or they're stuck in job positions where they're not being treated properly. And statistics show that men have had the resources and the ability and, quite frankly, the the character to be able to pick up and leave a situation that they don't feel fulfilled or they're not being treated properly. And women have, unfortunately, up until now, it's really been quite silent. And so we have to focus more on women being able to feel good about earning a good living and asking for more. And it was the culture we really grew up in. Yes. I mean, Leave it to Beaver was one of my favorite shows. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't think anyone did it maliciously. No. Nope. Held, us, held us down, quote unquote. But now it is refreshing to realize, hey, I can be just as good as my male counterpart at whatever it is, especially finances. Absolutely. Um, and that is the mission of your free workshops is to empower women 
to learn more and take more of an interest in setting financial goals and understanding finances where at one time it felt overwhelming and there's no way I can do it. And now with this podcast and your seminars, you can feel like, okay, I can do this. I can take on this challenge. Absolutely. Um, Let's talk about the topic of your next seminar. If you live in Rochester, May 10th at the JCC, being prepared for the unexpected, because it's not if it's going to happen, it's when is it going to happen. So what should we know? What should we act on now to better prepare us for that? So when we talk about unexpected, and especially when it comes to women, the reason why it's so important is, statistically speaking, 80% of us will die alone, whether by choice or by circumstance. 80%? 80%. So it's a huge It is a huge number. Wow. Yes. And so some never end up getting married. So you have that group. Okay. But then you have some that divorce and never okay. remarry. And then by and large, the biggest percentage are those that are widows. We live five to eight years longer than our male counterparts. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it. And then think of how many marriages where the woman is slightly younger than the man. Yeah. So it really does make that gap okay. far more pronounced. And so that's why preparing for the unexpected is particularly important for women because we are going to be at that point at some point in our lives. Yeah. Now, when we say unexpected, there are many ways to define that. Unexpected could be a job loss. So you were working at a corporation for 18 years and you planned on staying there until retirement. And suddenly in Rochester, we know this well, Mm -hmm. there is downsizing or your job is eliminated or you end up divorced or you end up losing your spouse or there's a disability. These are all unexpected transitions that happen in life that can really derail your future, depending on how prepared you are for it. And what we have found is that women go through three stages when they come up against these life transitions. Okay. And how prepared they are will determine how quickly they can navigate through each stage. Okay. And it's really hard to think, God forbid, something happens. Yes. Those moments. Yes. So how do we even start this process? What is the, What are the stages that you're referring to? So the first stage is always grief. And okay. think about this again in, in terms of the types of transitions. So a loss of a job is obviously going to be quite different than if your spouse passes away. Mm-hmm. And we go into life always thinking that we want the best, but we have to remember that sometimes life doesn't work out the way we planned. So that first stage is grief. And women tend to have a far more emotional, outward emotional reaction to life's transitions than men do. And depending on how prepared they are, and really when I say the word prepared, it truly is how engaged have they been in the financial discussions up until this point. So if you find yourself, just picture Mm -hmm. yourself at 65 years old and your husband passes away, And you have had very little, if any, conversation about your financial, your family's financial health, your family's financial situation. You may end up literally paralyzed. So you go through these stages of grief that not only involve the loss itself, which is Mm -hmm. is horrible, 
but then also the stages of grief in terms of now I have to navigate through this process that I have had absolutely no familiarity with my entire life. It was overwhelming at one point. Now it feels even more. Exactly. So So you end up seeing uh, this paralyzing of feelings, Mm -hmm. this enormous amount of stress. So all of a sudden this financial stress comes on. There, if you ask most older women, one of their biggest fears is becoming the quote-unquote bag lady. They say it's the bag lady syndrome. Because they're so unaware of the situation, they immediately go to the worst, that they're not going to be okay. They're not going to be able to make it through because they don't know what is going on. Yeah. And then they start to doubt themselves. They feel incompetent. They don't feel as if they're capable of navigating this. So if you've gone through life being intimidated by finances, imagine how much more intimidating it is. When if you're 65. You're, right. And you're in the middle of this huge emotional change in your yeah. life. Mm-hmm. And it starts to make you question your judgment, make you question your value and your ability to make decisions. And here's where we see the difference between women being able to transition to that next stage or really get stuck. And getting stuck can cause depression, anxiety. We've seen women lose friendships, lose family members, or make major financial blunders because they're kind of stuck in this stage one grief phase. Okay. So the more prepared you are going in, and we all want to have the best life. We want the road to be paved well, and and I want to die at 95 years old, right next to my husband after having a wonderful life. Holding hands. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like the notebook. <laughs> exactly. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be prepared. Yeah. So we all have homeowner's insurance. We hope it's a huge waste of money because we don't want our house to burn down. But that doesn't mean we don't have homeowner's insurance. So it's that preparation, Murphy's Law, if you will, that if you prepare, then you'll maybe not necessarily eliminate the experience, but you'll make the experience easier to tackle. So if you are prepared, you will ultimately navigate into stage two, which is now it's time to take care of business. I have moved through grief and obviously some grief will always stay with you, Mm -hmm. but you've moved through that, that paralyzed stage. And now it's how do I pick myself up? How can I begin to prepare And a lot of that has to do with knowing who to turn to, who can be there to help you navigate through that phase, whether it's an advisor, whether it's friends, support groups. There's a lot of support out there for women who are widows, for women who are going through divorce. Therapists, they're wonderful when you're going through these big transitions. And so then it allows you the time to regroup and say, okay, I'm going to be all right. This is not the way I expected life to go, but I'm still going to be okay. And then once you have that foundation, now you can move into stage three, which is really that transformation into what your new life will look like. Mm. So even if you think about the loss of a job, if it's a job you love or if it's a job that your family is truly relying on that income, you're scared to death. Yeah. But if you have certain things in place, like emergency reserves, savings, you've had discussions about what you're going to do if one of you loses your job, 
you then can reach out to the connections you have. You can start to make uh, networking a part of your life and move forward and eventually say, okay, now I'm on this new path and now we have a new plan. And when it's a job loss, I know it's easier said than done and it's hard to view it this way, but it it probably is going to pan out to be an opportunity for growth. Yes, yes. And it's really being able to go through each of those stages in order to get to the point where you can look back and say, this actually was was a great thing. And it's someone's ability to navigate through. And if you think about anything that happens, whether it's an illness, I have friends of mine that are going through cancer that I can't believe how optimistic they are. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe how I have never gone through something like that. So I don't know how I would react, but they certainly are, you know, someone that is so motivating. And it really has to do with how quickly you can move through those stages. And And your support. Yes. Your support group is key. Absolutely. And your mindset too. Um, in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk to the author of Think and Grow Rich. Are yeah. you familiar with that oh, yeah. book? Fantastic, Absolutely, right? yeah. Um, and I'm actually reading it to the kids yeah. because it is so powerful. Anybody, you have all the tools. Yes. You already possess them. It's yeah. just the mindset that you have. Are yes. you going to approach the situation of, okay, I got this. Yes. I will be able to succeed and, and come out the other side happy or be paralyzed be in stuck. your current situation. Yeah. yeah. And some of the things that you can do... Uh, and there's there's pure financial things that can be done. Okay. And then there is non-financial ways to prepare. So you mentioned having a support system. I read a book, uh, How to Be Younger Next Year. And there's one that's for everyone, but there's one that's specifically for women. And it really speaks to how important it is to have close friends and having mm-hmm. people that you can turn to for that support. We are community-oriented people by nature, women are, and relationships are really important. So there's those non-financial ways that you can be prepared, making sure that you have a good network, a good support system, that you have advisors that you trust, whether it be a financial planner, an accountant, an attorney, so that when something happens, you can reach out to those resources and they will hold your hand and they will guide you through. But as CFPs, we have an order of financial importance that we put to each component of your financial life, if you will. And the way that you really can be prepared, the best prepared is to go in that particular order. So first and foremost, you should make sure that your family's insurances are intact. So if you think about some of the major life transitions, let's say it's the loss of a job. If it's a loss of a job because of a disability, Disability insurance is key. If you lost your spouse, do you have enough life insurance? With life insurance and disability insurance, Mm -hmm. do you opt into the life insurance at work or do you go on your own in term versus? So first, I don't want to, I'll quickly touch on the disability part. Disability insurance, if you are working, is actually more important than life insurance. And I can't stress that enough. Okay. I cannot tell you how many clients I have sat down with that do not have long-term disability. If you are working and your company offers a long-term disability policy, you have to have it. Because as a member of a family unit, or -hmm. even if you're on your own, you are far more expensive if you're disabled 
than if you die. And to put it bluntly, you're consuming while not producing. So if you pass away, you're not producing, but you're not consuming anymore. And oftentimes when you're disabled, you're actually consuming more because you require more health needs, et cetera. So a lot of younger people in particular really don't think about disability because when you're young, you think nothing can happen to you. Right. It can destroy your financial picture. So disability insurance is probably the number one component that I recommend to anybody who's working. Okay. And in that case, your best option is always going to be through work because it's a little bit more expensive, a lot more expensive to self-insure depending on the type of job that you are performing. Long-term disability is is long-term. So it, it's for the rest of your life. And it is based upon when it's job specific, it's based upon you being able to do that particular job. Okay. And if you become disabled, it will pay out a certain percentage of your income and it will essentially replace a large percentage of what you've lost. Okay. Life insurance, you can have, like you mentioned, term insurance or what we consider whole life or your entire life insurance. And it really boils down to what your needs are. But for the large majority of people, life insurance is simply income replacement. So you need insurance for as long as you need to replace your income. Okay. If you take the average couple that works 30 years, both of them work 30 years, they save towards their retirement. By the time they're at retirement age and they leave their jobs, they don't need insurance anymore because they've saved enough. They have their Social Security and whatever it is that they've planned for their retirement is available to them at that point. So most people don't need more than term insurance. What happens with term insurance through work oftentimes is it's what's called annual renewable. So that means every year it's a one-year term that's based upon your age. Every year it's going to go up slightly. The cost of the insurance is going to go up slightly. Okay. Now, when you're in your 40s, the difference is pretty minimal. Once you start to get into your 50s and 60s, because insurance companies look at how likely is it that I'm going to have to pay. Yep. And obviously, the older we get, the more likely it is that they may have to pay. So you will start to see your term insurance through work increase significantly as you get older. But term insurance through work, is it cheaper? So then it's almost a wash with this increase? Or if you are looking at the average, let's say, 30-year term policy. Yeah. So Sandy needs 30 years. She can either get it through work or she can buy a 30-year policy. If you buy it when you're 30 years old, initially it's going to cost you more. But over the course of the 30 years, it will have cost you less. Okay. So it'll cost you more in the beginning, but it's a static premium if you purchase it on your own. Okay. As opposed to you will pay far less initially. And then it just slowly. But it continues to go up. Okay. So now with the young the younger generation in their 20s mm-hmm. where you're not thinking about insurance yeah. at all. Yes. Is it the smartest point in your life to purchase it though? Because it's at the cheapest? It depends on whether or not you need to replace income. So if you're 25 years old. Single, you, no You don't kids. own a home. You don't need life yeah. insurance. You don't. No. Okay. And even if you are now married, if you don't have children, It really depends on the lifestyle you've set up for each other. Okay. So if you have a home 
And that home is dependent upon both of your incomes now. If you've planned towards savings goals, retirement goals together, then you will need life insurance to replace the other person's income if something happens. So it really depends on how you've planned your life out. Once the kids come, it's a no-brainer. Okay. You need life insurance. And I'm sure you've experienced this, the unfortunate situations where you see a couple that's in their mid-40s and something tragic happens. And there's the fundraiser or the GoFundMe because they just, we don't think about these things when we're young. We don't think about, and this is the part that I always try to emphasize. When people think about life insurance, it's a waste of money to them. It's a check you write every year. Exactly. And, And it's supposed to be a waste of money because you don't want to have to use it. I always joke that I have a 30-year term insurance. In order for it to have been a good, quote-unquote, investment, I have to die. <laughs> I don't really want to die. <laughs> so I'm hoping I look back and it was a huge waste of money. But whenever we think about insurance, it is for what we consider to be low-frequency, high-impact events. Okay. So they don't happen very often, but when they do happen, they are huge impacts on people's families. So when you're starting to look at how much you need, you have to really think about the whole picture. A lot of people think, we just need enough to cover the mortgage. We just need enough for when the kids are out of the household. You have to also look at who's saving for retirement, who has the health benefits. Mm -hmm. So if the person in the household that has the health benefits and has the 401k passes away, it's not just their income that you're losing. You're losing the benefits. If even the stay-at-home parent passes away and you have small children, well, now you have to pay, well, for, daycare. Have to pay for daycare. Okay. So there's a lot involved, but for the most part, term insurance can cover a vast majority of that. Now, there are situations where whole insurance makes a lot of sense, but they're more um, <clears throat> state-related or pension maximization type of, of okay. situations. All right, and we'll continue this conversation in person at the panel event, preparing for the unexpected. This is part of the Women, Wealth, and Empowerment program uh, that Erica Cummings has. This is your brainchild. This is you putting this together to help empower women get more involved in their financial life. May 10th is the date. I want to mention that I am one of the panelists. We have three other panelists because we wanted to make sure that we had a broad spectrum of experts in the field of what is a huge subject matter, preparing for the unexpected. So we will have an attorney present, an insurance specialist present, and also a a real estate agent that deals specifically with helping people transition when they've lost a spouse or gone through a divorce and it's time to perhaps look onto another house or sell your home. So this way we can address everything in their specific expert spaces. It will be mostly Q&A because we want to make sure that the audience is able to ask questions that matter most to them. Mm -hmm. And we'll have a very small beginning intro section, and then the rest of it will be questions and answers from the audience. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. May 10th, yep. 515 at the JCC, the Jewish Community Center. Uh, if you live in Rochester, it's 1200 Edgewood Avenue. Preparing for the unexpected part of the Women Wealth Empowerment Program. Erica Cummings, thank you so much. Thank you. 
And of course, thank you for taking the time to join us every week and spreading the word about the Seven Figures podcast and subscribing on the freeradio.com app or iTunes or Google Play. We really appreciate it. All right, we leave you now with my dad. Wise words. Father knows best. My dad's two cents. Have a great weekend. Dominate your finances. According to CBS Market Watch, only one in 20 actively managed mutual funds perform as well or beat index funds. So you're much better off just investing in a low cost index fund such as the S&P 500 or other large cap U.S. index funds.